Welcome to the daily devotional podcast of Meadowbrook Church, leading people into the Christ-centered life. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. If you're trying to find a location and you look it up on Google Maps, sometimes you find the location, but then you need to see it from a higher perspective. So you zoom out and zoom out and maybe you zoom out one more time so that you can locate your location within the bigger picture of the map. Jesus has been doing exactly that in his final prayer at the Last Supper. He starts off praying for himself, and then zooms out a bit to pray for his immediate disciples, and now zooms out again to pray not just for the twelve, but for all who are going to believe and follow him. In other words, in these verses, he's praying for you and for me and for every other believer on earth from the moment that he prayed that prayer up until now. Again, just as Jesus prayed simply for himself, that he and the Father would glorify one another, and just as he prayed simply for his initial disciples, asking for protection and a few other things, Jesus also prays fairly simply here for the rest of us. The big ask, which is a repeat of something that he's prayed already for the Twelve, is for unity, once again, that we would be one, just as the Trinity is one, in complete unity. Jesus said that this oneness, this unity, would be a sign for the world that Jesus is real. Although not said here, the reverse would seem to be true as well, which we have maybe seen experientially. How many non-believers have looked at the church and said, look at these Christians fighting like everyone else, judging one another, gossiping, bitter, unforgiving, self-righteous. When we don't have unity, we send the reverse message of what Jesus prayed for to the world. If our unity is meant to demonstrate to the world that Jesus is real, then our lack of unity also sends a message to the world that there is actually nothing to this Jesus at all. The psalmist wrote, How good and pleasing it is when brothers dwell together in unity, for there the Lord commands a blessing. Our unity is obviously much more crucial than we realize. Unity is both an act of God and an act of us. By his word, his gospel, and his spirit, he has united believers together. We can't be united without him. And yet we can also choose to reject unity. God brings us together, but we need to choose whether we maintain that or not. This can be difficult when we're in legitimate disagreement as believers. But unity doesn't always need to mean agreement, actually. We can remain unified even if we disagree on certain lesser points of the faith. That which unites us, God, Jesus, the cross, the Bible, salvation, etc., is so much greater than the minor issues that we might divide on. As any married person will tell you, love doesn't mean that you absolutely agree on everything. Love means that you love one another in spite of the fact that you don't agree on every single little thing. Jesus doesn't just pray that we would be connected together, but that we would stay connected to the Father and the Son. Simple, beautiful prayers from Jesus, that we would unite with God and that we would unite with one another. 
The second one might be a lot harder if we don't have the first one intact. And if we're truly united with God, the second one, being united to other believers, will become much, much easier. For consideration today, think about how those two things that Jesus prayed for are playing out in your life. Your connection to him and your connection to other believers. Where does each area flourish in your life? Where does each area maybe need some work? What might that work look like? And what are you going to do about that as you move forward in your walk with Jesus? Thank you.